Video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where it goes through all of the new Blu-rays and DVDs. All of them? Notable Blu-rays that are released at Bay Street Video. Notable, yeah. Yeah, notable. The most... Yeah, lots of lots of notable titles here this week. Hey, but uh, we're going to start sure. with one that I'm excited to talk about. It is my good friend, the film detective, <laughs> uh, Battle of the Worlds. So, so are you excited to talk about this because you maybe got a copy? Uh, did I get a copy? Perhaps <laughs> in the mail. Did I watch it so I'd be prepared to talk about it today? I did indeed. Oh yeah, you did. Is it directed by a Italian filmmaker that I genuinely like, Antonio Margheriti? It is. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. It's one wow. of his early films. He had a bunch of science fiction and kind of like weird three movie ways, and this is actually part of the first way. I think it's his second or third film that he ever directed. And what's interesting about this film is that in the classic Gold Ninja video style, this is from a pretty beat up print that it's scanned from. And because I've been yeah. looking at them so much, I'm like, oh, this is, it was really red when they probably got it. <laughs> but I don't know what other versions of this movie exist out there. It's clearly in the publicish domain the film yeah, detectives putting I it out i feel like i've ordered in so many different public domain dvds of this for people over the years mm-hmm. but this has got to be the first decent looking release of it ever right it looks pretty good there's some jump cuts in it the audio is a little rough but okay. the audio is also you know in classic italian style it was dubbed afterwards right and weirdly i noticed there's some scenes where you can hear the actors voices where they did do on set sound <laughs> very <laughs> rarely throughout the film though so this is definitely in the mode of 50 science fiction films i'm gonna warn everybody right from the get-go no monsters in this movie <sighs> I know. No? No. Looks like there should be monsters. Yes. In this movie, it's right? called Battle of the Worlds. Yeah. It seems like there's going to be like tons of monster action. There is not. Okay. Lots of fun miniatures. Okay. Really obsessed with the kind of technical details when it comes to doing stuff. Like they'll be like, oh, the magnetic field of the earth. You have to go into it to be able to <laughs> get it to work. Also, there is some really fun performances from, I think it's Claude Rains who plays like a very eccentric scientist in the film. Okay. And it does end with a sequence straight out of Planet of the Vampires, where they go on a planet and it's like got tubes and weird colored lighting, and they find the corpses of the mo- of the aliens and be like, they Ooh. died trying to find all the answers. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I was going to ask you how it compared to something like Planet of the Vampires, just because we just talked about that. Last it just kind of gets into it at the end, but okay. before that, okay. it's a lot of like sitting in control rooms, figuring out what are we supposed to do in this situation. That pilot is my son, so <laughs> it's inoffensive i wouldn't call it a classic by any stretch of the imagination but i had fun watching it and i'm really glad that it's out on blu-ray from my good friends the film detectives good friends our Wait, best friends there's a featurette on antonio margaretti which i didn't get a chance to watch oh wow done by ballyhoo motion pictures who i really like so i'm excited to check that one out now, like we always say, love the care film detectives starting to put into these Blu-ray special editions. I like how they start. They've been doing it for like two, three years now. I know, I know. It feels like, though, after... I feel like they were doing, like, public domain MOD stuff for, like, two decades or something. Mm-hmm. And then they finally started doing something. There's good. nothing wrong with MODs, Mark. No, me neither. Nothing me neither. wrong. No, no, not the MOD is the problem. I guess just the 
public domain yeah. sourced from inferior stuff. I'd say you put special you features know. on it, and if the print looks not as good yeah. as it could, people accept it because they're oh, like, totally. all right, you're going that extra step. But you know, newly restored from a rare original 35 millimeter archival print. Cool. I mean, archival cool. print. I, know, I mean, that's, I that's just doing a lot it, of heavy that, That's lifting. a word that makes it sound a lot classier than so sometimes I do my Gold Ninja video Blu-rays, I make sure to specify theatrical print right. because that's promising because okay. this is a theatrical print. Okay. Even though technically the ones I use are archival prints because I'm yeah. getting them from an archive. Well, that's, couldn't an archive just be like, you know, at the bottom of a yes, closet it somewhere? Could be. <laughs> but it's probably the only version that exists if, you know, they went forward with it. I feel like Film Detective, most of the stuff that they've put only exists in pretty terrible copies. Yeah. So yeah. they're not one to put stuff out if there's another like German widescreen version. But again, totally. I didn't do that much research into this one, so I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Next up, we have a label that we haven't talked about in a long time. It's Unearthed Films and it's their Unearthed Classics line. Yeah, which are pretty snazzy releases these days. Yeah, this one is Dr. Lamb, which is a famous Category 3 film, which is a kind of exploitation film that came out in the 80s and 90s in Hong Kong. I had never seen this one before and I was surprised to learn this is the one that kind of kicked it all off. That from this, it led to stuff like, I think about syndrome came after this untold story did yep. come after this right and this one is actually really slick it feels like an 80s movie ton of like colored gels oh cool cool and yeah it, i like the vibe of just like the packaging of it it makes it look like he that. never shows up simon yam the killer in smocks with a chainsaw even though yeah. he does have a scene where he cuts up a woman's body a dead woman's body with like a handsaw like a table saw right and so this is structured like a lot of those category three films where it like follows the police detectives for like 45 minutes and then they capture the criminal and he goes i'll tell you what happened so it's just kind of like reveling <laughs> in the right. gory sequences which this one specifically feels like a guinea pig film like the japanese gore films like right. especially that sequence where they cut up a woman's body which is like a famous guinea pig film and this is a special edition from unearthed films i haven't listened to the commentary or any of the interviews and special features on it but seems interesting and they've done really good work on all their other unearthed classics which i guess now come through the mvd arm because i see an mvd yeah, visual i think mvd took over the distribution of them at a certain point i think at one point yeah they were more independent that's when they were doing more because before that was more just like really really like gory new, stuff like yeah. guinea picks but a lot of like american guinea pig stuff Oof. which nobody cares i mean about. that's not for me no me neither i mean i get the guinea pig stuff you know is a thing it it has its fans never really been my bread and butter ever since they got into putting out more classic stuff yeah dr lamb classic dr. Lamb. i don't know yeah but you know they've got the other stuff that they put like Premutos or you know everything we've talked about over the mm. last three four years i mean i love Premutos. that's a great yeah one. they've been putting out some cool stuff i mean even like a serbian film or something they've mm -hmm. getting more God, i own all those notable i know I, yeah i think they picked up every serbian single film? one I think you did, yeah. Hmm. I actually went, oh, I got to get Permutos. I went, no, 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 no. I definitely have Permutos. That I, one I got. I feel like you've picked up pretty Almost much all of them. every single, at least of their classics. Yeah, one. I have the Unnameable. Yeah. I have yeah. Dark of the Moon. Yep. I like the Unnameable. I think yeah, that, that was fun. fun. Dark uh, of the Moon. Time. Not so much. I've never seen that. I still haven't watched that one. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's doing boutique Blu-ray labels. Yep. And, you know, it's for all for the better, I say. No, like, it's good. Why and I, I think complain? this, like, kind of extreme, classic extreme mm -hmm. cinema definitely needs to have a home and Unearthed is happy to provide that home and we have a release here from unearthed animation the first one yeah see this, this is the number very one. first uh will there be more film? unearthed animation like is there that much indie well, feature like, animation remember when severin got into like the severin kids line they only did they one. only did like no, peanut butter did, solution did peanut butter solution 
I think when the wind blows, they oh. categorize. Even though it's not really a those kids came out like movie. the same months, didn't they? That, no, when the wind blows was I think a little bit after. Did that. they ever put it was out around overboard? the same time? They did, yeah. Okay, they did put out overboard. That was just a regular Severin. Yeah, release. that was one that I mean, the guy who runs a company admitted yeah, he got drunk exactly. and sent an email, and that's why he ended up. So putting yeah, it out. I think the Severin kids line was pretty short lived. So I wonder if this will be a similar situation, or if. But I hope they have new kind of discoveries down the line. So like this. I mean, this movie is called The Old Man Movie, and this film was the funniest film I saw in 2020. It was robbed of getting a bigger cult audience. I know, and I'm really disappointed. We had programmed I know, it for the What the yeah, Film Festival. Yeah, I know you were going to screen it, and I eventually ended up seeing it. I think it played at Fantasia mm. that year, and it was virtual, so I got to see it there. And yeah, I thought it was also hilarious. Definitely the funniest movie I saw that year, and I was just like so pissed I couldn't see it with like a crowd of people. One of the rare movies that like by the end I was laughing so hard that like I couldn't breathe. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Especially like how the plot is... The three kids are forced to go to, is it their uncle or their grandparents' house? their grandfather's place. Yeah. And he's a milk farmer. Yeah. And what happens is if you don't milk a cow, it'll explode, causing yeah. a nuclear-like apocalypse. And the cow gets loose, and they have to find it and yep. milk it before it explodes. So cue lots of gross-out milking Stop gags motion. And I didn't everything. point that out. Yeah, it's stop motion from Estonia, which is cool. Probably... I don't know what Estonia's uh, film industry, history, yeah. yeah, film or animation history is, but uh, this is definitely one of the, if the only Estonian film I've ever seen. Now, Mark was shocked I didn't pick up this Blu-ray. I was, because, uh, I mean, I was shocked that this even got a release, especially, like, kind of a nice release from Unearth. I figured some, like, MOD DVD company would put it out at some point, but, um, yeah, I was shocked, but you already picked up the Yeah, I bought this. the Estonian DVD, which had you English know, subtitles. Which is cool. Yeah. See, I feel like if I had that, I wouldn't need to upgrade well, i assumed like, it was never going to come out I because so like too. why would anybody put it out because it's so well it kind of just disappeared after oh. i saw it at fantasia i thought it might catch on like maybe a distributor <sighs> if an it had played at midnight madness i bet you would have been picked up yeah. by like a bigger distributor and we got like famous people to do the voices and stuff exactly, like that right mm -hmm. i definitely think it could have found more of an audience if it didn't kind of premiere right when the pandemic was starting mm -hmm. and it wasn't getting the festival play it might have gotten otherwise but I'm glad it's out now. And oh, I'm glad so that, funny. I'm like, glad that Unearthed put the time into doing like a Blu-ray of this with a few features. Oh, it's uh, got some shorts. Some shorts. They did a new cool. English dub. I don't know if they did it yeah, or uh, sure. the company did it maybe as like an international gambit. Yeah, but. totally. But yeah, definitely pick this up. If you're looking for something like irreverent and just like flat out hilarious, this is the ticket right here. Next up, we're talking about another release. They've just been like pumping these out by oh, Visual man. Vengeance, which is a new boutique Blu-ray label by they're, Wild they're like, Eye. They're like our best friends now. We talk about we've talked about like every single release so far. And we and we're gonna be talking and about, we're the next gonna be one talking too about all of them. I love yeah. the next movie they're putting out. <laughs> oh yeah. This one I had never seen, but I know it's infamous, which is LA AIDS Jabber. What a title. <laughs> I mean also releases Jabber. Right. But yeah, you know, this is the kind of title that I see and I'm like, I got to check this out. Even <laughs> though I gotta, I gotta everyone who's this. seen it is like, eh, it's not good. I know. I mean, it's like, 
early it was 90 early 90s mm-hmm. i think yeah sov 1994 wow it feels earlier than it feels that feels earlier yeah because yeah. I, I watched it the other day too you know what i think it may have sat on the shelf for a long time that may have, explain right? it there are an absurd amount of special features on here i unfortunately did not have a chance to listen to any of the interviews and there's a lot like with the lead actor jackie kong because the oh, director cool. of this was an actor who worked on all of her oh, films wow. i had no it's idea. the only film that he directed it was a cinematographer i did listen to the commentary which features Wild Eye, I think he's the owner of the company, the director okay. and writer, and for some reason, Mark Polonia. And I couldn't believe sure. that, like, 15 minutes in, the director is just explains what happens in every scene. Oh, it's one of those, eh? Every single scene is like, <laughs> so in this scene, now I thought, as, like, I've done commentaries with people who are not familiar with it, would I stop the commentary and be like, hey, I don't want to be rude? Yeah, right? Like, you, you don't need you to don't explain need to what that. happens in every scene. <laughs> like, let's talk about the details of what's going on. And I don't know if they were aware of that, so it's like actually not listed in the special features, Uh, but it is listed in the uh, bottom of the title, it says, and commentary from the original creators, which is interesting. Interesting. So what did you think of this movie, Mark? And we didn't even say what it's about, which is... That's true. Well, I mean, it's exactly what you think it would Mm -hmm. be about from something called LA AIDS Jabber. It's about a a young man, kind of a, a... douchebag oh yeah douchebag guy the opening scene he's like in a car with his girlfriend she's like oh hey baby how's it going what's going on and he's just like in a pissy mood because he doesn't feel well and everything he's just like a he's just an asshole she even says have you been seeing the psychiatrist yeah yeah i know right and so he goes to the doctor the next day and wouldn't you know he has aids he's hiv positive he's only like 19 or something mm-hmm. and they're like oh it's so it's so tragic like i don't know how you got it like it's such a he's not gay he's not gay i don't think they mention they don't homosexual mention people once no, in this movie which i was kind of happy about because i i thought going into this like oh this could be really homophobic but did you want um, it i don't want i didn't want it to be homophobic but it's so tame and it's basically a police yeah, procedural it's more tame than i thought because yeah. the, the quote on the back is like throwing the notion of poor taste out the window and into the street to be hit by a garbage truck i'm like great sign me up but then for a movie like this a lot tamer than i thought i, don't, I still had a lot of fun with this though yeah, i have to say i mean parts. it's not it's yeah it's really obviously it's really dumb and once and it's just him going around basically he's got a syringe he takes blood out of himself and he just starts you know stabbing stabbing people, people with it just random people somebody eats on the bus yeah exactly or and yeah. does he does or the film does... have the twist that you think which makes no sense exactly <laughs> you can't spoil it but this has probably the best one of the best twists i've ever seen in a it's movie n- no it's and exactly it's what not, you think it would it is and i mean it's not even really a twist because it literally happens like at the end of the movie well and then it's it just done ends. over the radio isn't it exactly. so that was a post-production thing it's definitely a post-production yep. ad and it's really funny because it's just one of those kind of like punchline gotcha endings where it's like you know but I, it makes I no sense because no they tested multiple times <laughs> anyway should, should we say what it is Let's yeah that he doesn't have aids at the, the end spoiler alert that, that's is, the joke so basically the they, joke, the yeah the joke so the cops hunt him down eventually it's a big standoff on the street and they, <laughs> they kill this a guy big a big standoff you stand- mean like in a parking lot with like yeah. three people it, in their minds it yeah. was a big standoff and they kill him and then right after they kill him over the radio it's like oh we just found out he doesn't have AIDS mm-hmm. it was a it was a test uh, even though earlier when the woman he something. stabbed her the first prostitute they say we tested it there's AIDS exactly in the so how did she get it but did, then I guess uh, maybe it's she like, had AIDS because she's I a know. prostitute anyway well, the director says in the commentary yeah. that he was very careful to be like you know not too much violence no sex interesting so it doesn't have those elements he just wanted like because it was his first yeah. film and he shot it like during weekends I think he just wanted like a what, what is this about? Like, yeah. concept, which he has. Then it basically plays out like a Law & Order episode shot it does. on SVHS. It totally does. I mean, yeah, there's definitely... 
a little bit of, you know, expected misogyny in this, like yes. you would think. But not as bad as I thought. Because the whole monologue at it's the just, end. It's not as bad as I thought, Where, like, I a guess. reporter is like, my uncle had AIDS. Yeah. And I want you to know that, like, it's something that happens to human beings. That's the and... thing. It's like, it almost seems like he is trying to be, like, aware of the AIDS crisis and actually try and make, like, a, a positive statement about something at the end. Well, but, I mean, it's so badly done. It's, I think that you know... he, the director or filmmaker, was very aware that, like, he didn't want to make it seem like the AIDS drove him crazy exactly, and exactly. like that he was bad yeah, before. Yeah, they definitely highlight his mental illness a lot, mm. which is you know, not really explored that much but they definitely hint at it mm -hmm. a lot. I did enjoy sequences like uh, one of the actors supposedly quit the production so he just dies in a car accident that we yeah. don't see. <laughs> I love that. It's like I was so confused by that because I'm like, wait a second, it's he's just not in it anymore and then there's like a new policeman. Which I'm like, is it. that like, the guy? What, and yeah, at that? first I was like, that's the same guy, right? There's a no. whole subplot about them helping another co yeah. that never pays off that nope. they just forget about that's funny too uh, a lot of funny stuff in this a lot of funny stuff in this so I don't know I had a good time with this you I know mean, what this I'm was... gonna give it a blind by recommendation yeah. with the caveat and also there's so many special features on this like yep. it's great I don't oh, think yeah. it's this one but I think it's Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder from Hell has a membership card oh, to yeah, a saw. wild ice thing. And it's not like a like a cardboard one or something like, like it's hard plastic, yeah, it's plastic like you would get, right? get like a blockbuster or something. I saw like your that. photo of it. That's great. I mean, I got to hand it to Wild Eye. These releases are pretty cool. This is exactly what I want. I love this SOV stuff and it's it's cool. And I actually just saw they're starting a screening series too. Dude, oh, cool. In New York in conjunction with this to start playing some of these. They're starting with Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder and then doing <laughs> Stuff. Oh, wait, what's this? I'm getting a news report. Vinegar Syndrome has another VHS partner oh label. God. Do they really? <laughs> yeah, they do. The, um, what is it called? The Corn Husker one oh, is part yeah. of another one. <laughs> I saw that release, but I didn't realize it was another it's label. It's a new one. So I think wow. that brings it up to four, four or five. I think. Yeah. I can't keep that. Ah, my monkey's paw. Well, it turned when I asked for those VHS Blu-ray labels. Well, in a couple again. of weeks, it'll be all, you know, Vinegar Syndrome partner labels when we get the new shipment in. So mm -hmm. get ready for that. So next up we have, all right, from LA AIDS Jabbers to Requiem for a Village, <laughs> a British Institute film production. Yep. Uh, by David Gladwell. I don't know anything <laughs> about this. What is this? Yeah, me neither. But this is a new indicator release. And, you know, I was just really intrigued by this. So David Gladwell is better known as the editor of Lindsay Anderson's films. Mm -hmm. uh, That's why it's a Lindsay Anderson quote on exactly, the back. Exactly. Particularly If and Oh Lucky Man. But apparently he was a pretty accomplished documentary filmmaker in his own right and made a few features. This isn't a documentary. It's a drama, but it feels like a documentary. Basically takes place in yeah, a small village in Suffolk County in England, farming village. Mm. And it's about an old guy. He's like tends to a graveyard. And it's about his memories of remembering his past in this village and all the people he knew. And it's really interesting. Yeah, it very much is documentary-like, just kind of shows the the town and everything. Mm -hmm. But there's some weird sort of surreal moments. There's a really cool scene where, like, the bodies in the graveyard start coming up from the graves Whoa. in a weird way. It's not really scary, but it's kind of like a strange, unnerving effect. It's short. It's only an hour and nine minutes, but it's really like just a kind of this, like, poetic look at us at small town English farming life. Definitely made me want to check out more of his stuff. He made another um, feature, like a fiction feature in the 80s. It's kind of like a sci-fi thing that looks really interesting that's never been released. Very cool that Indicator's putting this out with a ton of special features. Mostly uh, a bunch of his earlier short documentaries. So if you're, it's kind of a good like primer to get into him as a director, which is a, what I like with these releases for more obscure stuff. Kind of gives you like the whole portrait of who this 
guy was and his work. Look at this so. misleading, uh, gigantic box oh, of I know, special features, I know. which it, are just descriptions of the short, short films. Fi- yeah, the features are mostly just short films, but like I kind of audio like commentaries. Yeah, it's kind of like just a package of David Gladwell's work. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I know. This is that. a cool release. I always I'm digging these Indicator US releases just because because they can only go for more obscure stuff. They really seem to pick some interesting stuff and then give it the care it deserves. Wait, that's an Indicator US release? How many have they had now? They started doing it in January. So, Hmm. you know, like Mad Dog Morgan was one. But they're still like $45, aren't they? They're basically between $35 and $40. They're kind of like, they're criterion prices. They're not the crazy import prices Mm -hmm. we had them for before. All right, next up, there's one for the boys, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a light week, so this is the biggest release we have this week, I guess. Heat 4K. (laughs) I mean, this is the same release as the definitive edition. But it says Ultimate Collector's Edition. Yeah. Is he re-editing it? I hope he's re-editing every version of it. I think it's the exact same edition that came out prior, like the definitive edition. It just has a 4K disc now. I saw... But I mean, Heat's great. Yeah, I love, love heat. heat. Who doesn't love Heat? I saw that there was a movie coming out. It's like Alexander something something. Yeah. And I really hope it was another re-edit oh, of God. Oliver no, Stone's Alexander the Great. Yeah, That's not, the old one. Yeah. Oh, I wish. I wish Oliver Stone would. Well, he did. For like, number four? four? He's done four, four already, Yeah, right? four re-edits. Yeah. He's not going to get there. Five times the charm, baby. But yeah, um, Heat, you heat. love it. You know it. It's great. Pick are you, up the novel. Are you excited? Yeah, I know. I was just going to say. Did you pick up the novel? No. no. Did you? No. <laughs> are you excited for Heat 2, though? Like the movie? Is because it... that's, I think he announced that's going to happen, right? I'll believe it when I see yeah. it. Isn't he shooting like that Christian Bale Ferrari movie? Or is I that... think so, yeah. Okay. I think he's doing that. But he said that he wants to, like the book is kind of a blueprint for an actual movie sequel. I mean, Michael and I, Mann. I think he wants to bring Al Pacino back as like an older version. Of... I don't want to hurt his feelings, but he's getting pretty there. Yeah. I remember when they were making Public Enemies, they uh, people on set said that like his ears are really bad, but it, like which is why the audio is so bad in the movies. Because you can't really hear what's going on. You know, that would on. make a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am continually fascinated by people's obsession with Michael Mann. Like, you know, saying like Miami Vice, my favorite movie of all time. I mean, I, I like Miami Vice. Yeah. Um, I want to like I, Miami Vice. I don't Vice. love it, maybe. I, I really do like Miami Vice, but I think the hyperbole of, yeah. of people that like do, like Wh- you said, say it's like decided? the best movie yeah. of all time is a little overblown. Like, like, I really liked it when I saw it in theaters and then I revisited it years later. And yeah, it was still good. Still held up. Is it better than, like, Heat or something? It, it's kind of like a Magic uh, Eye poster. It's one of the yeah. rare times where I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, like, like I get why I can people... understand, like, the ugly kind yeah. of visual look, but that movie is almost incomprehensible. Like, Yeah, and I would say the character... It's not very good with its characters. No, like, and you I, can tell that... Yeah. It wasn't it. Was it Jamie Foxx who didn't want to be there? One yeah, of them didn't want to yeah, be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Colin Farrell, I think, was, like, in the throes of drug addiction at mm-hmm. that point. And Jamie Foxx, yeah, doesn't really want to be there. And, the, you know, the women characters are pretty much the same typical yeah, not women treated char- very well. Not treated very well. I know a lot of people who have been like, oh, the romance between Colin Farrell and Gong Lee is so romantic. And watching it again, like, several years ago, she's still just kind of, like, subservient to the male mm-hmm. character. They present her like she's a strong woman, yeah. but she's either subservient to, like, the drug lord or Colin Farrell the whole time. Like, she doesn't really have her own persona. So this whole thing where it's like, oh, this, the female characters are really strong. 
I just don't get that. Now, I, mean, I would respect people who say they love Miami Vice. I just saw today some people talking about how much they love Public Enemies. See, I hated Public Enemies. <laughs> that movie is very dull. That was awful. Uh, and then they turn around and say, like, oh, but I hate everything Michael Mann has done before that. I would respect you if you yeah, said that. Yeah, see, there you go. Because you're like, I don't like heat, that, like, glossy, big yeah, budget right? take. If you just like the digital Miami stuff. Vice, sure. Yeah. yeah, even if you're, like, collateral onwards or mm-hmm. something. Okay, I can, I can get behind that. But, like, yeah, the people who are, like, Miami Vice and Heat are, like, both the best movies ever like I, again i do really like miami vice manhead but, don't come at us you know i'm frightened by you i'm sorry i know manheads <laughs> are like and you know i i i like michael mann i do yeah me too i like him but i think you know everything he's made since miami vice i haven't really liked. well when i think of like people obsessed with the filmmaker he's the first one that comes oh, to yeah, mind I mean, like vocal people especially now it just seems like more people are talking about him than ever now yeah i don't I, know why maybe where, just where maybe heads. where'd they go they yeah just fade it to the right? background i don't know maybe because of this heat two thing and just it just seems like there's a lot more man reclamation than ever these days which is fine i mean he's great so next up speaking of speaking great of classics yeah this movie fucking sucks yeah it does like it's I, so I'm bad so, but I, just, I just put it on the list to riff about it's it on 4k <laughs> ultra hd i think every 10 years i will be tricked into watching do i dare try to say his name it's not on the back of this blu-ray so i can't andre andre barkoviak barkoviak's doom doom which like miami vice i also saw theatrically you know, I didn't see this theatrically. I saw it on DVD when it came out, but I was so excited to see this. Were you like, a big Doom fan? You don't really play video games, really. do you? Yeah. I played it a little bit when I was, I was a big kid. Doom 2 guy. Um, yeah, see, I, I wasn't a huge Doom guy. I just thought it looked cool, and I was like, and you know, in the ads, they kept showing the first-person shooter mm-hmm. stuff, which I'm like, oh. Which is the only fun which thing is in the whole movie. the only fun thing in it, and it only happens for like five minutes at the end. Man, this movie is boring, though. It's, it's heroically really boring. boring. It's hero- it kind of reminds me of like Alien vs. Predator, like yes. the first one. Where you're like, when? something when are they gonna get to the like fireworks almost, factory yeah like almost more boring than that in some ways i do enjoy like, there's a martial arts fight at the end that comes out of nowhere yeah. and there's nothing like that oh yeah the rest of the movie it's just one of those movies that like i look at it every time i look at the cover i'm like i should want to like this you i like know? carl you urban know? i like judge dread himself the rock you know he's cool um a bunch of other canadian actors other... that were available <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> you know barkoyak He's not like a an artist, but you know he's, he's bad. He's, he's some, a bad filmmaker. He's a bad filmmaker. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. I just it's one of those things I really wanted to like more than I ever did. Didn't Barkovia? Oh yeah, he did. We watched a Scott Atkins on a boat movie. Oh that my he god, made. he did that yeah. right. That was the return of Barkovia. Yeah, oh, so bad. That was bad. But um, I don't know. Dude, they're just putting everything out on 4K Ultra. Did you sell now. a lot of copies of Doom? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm telling you. So man. do people like this movie? There, I don't know. Because there's a point. You know what this movie reminds me of? Yeah. Resident Evil. (laughs) You know what? And I figured you might say that. And that's why I thought, like, you'd think this would be up my alley. Because I like. It's the same. It's the same to me. Resident Evil was always because you more did fun mention Alien me. vs Predator and wait, who directed that I know, movie I know. again? And Alien vs Predator, I actually prefer Alien vs Predator Requiem. If we're gonna, well, I hear you gotta squint and be like, "What's going on?" Turn up the brightness on yeah, your television. Exactly. I'm fine with that. All right. um, yeah, I don't know. Doom sucks, but here it is on 4K, on 4K Ultra, HD. Ultra HD. Next up, we have the unrate updated <laughs> special edition yeah. of Yellow Brick Road. Do you have any fond feelings for this movie? I kind of do. Have I've you, never have, seen it. You know what? This? I'm looking at the Blu-ray. I'll pick it up because I did see yeah. the film that they made after The Witch in the Window. Yes. Because I saw it at a film festival that Impossible Horror played. Yep. So I was like, you know what? But I thought I had read that this was kind of like torture porny. It's it, not. It's no, not? No, no. Okay. So, yeah, this is from Andy Mitten and Jesse Holland, who have kind of made a name for themselves over the last 
decade or so. Mm. They, yeah, they did Witch in the Window, which got a lot of acclaim. They did one called We Go On, which was kind of interesting. This one was, I think, their first movie. And I was initially intrigued because it kind of has like a Blair Witch Project sort of idea where it's like apparently about a real story where in 1940, the entire population of this small town in New Hampshire just walked away down this like road and just let and vanished. Maybe basically. that's what I kind of bounced off was I saw the Blair Witch kind of comparisons right. to it. So definitely. So that sold me at mm. least at the time. And wait, so, is it a found footage film? No, no, no. So okay. it's about a new group of researchers mm -hmm. that are going out to they're going to chart the same path that these people took and like maybe figure out what happened. And then, of course, creepy stuff starts happening. It's very Blair Witch like it's not great. Like there's definitely problems with it. it it's a little amateurish it doesn't fully stick the landing but i still thought but have this... you seen the updated edition See, i don't know yeah i don't know i thought this had a cool mood to it at the time mm -hmm. yeah this is so it was on dvd i don't think it was ever on blu-ray before but that was long out of print yeah this is being touted as the updated special edition i have no idea what that means though did they I... add new effects because there's definitely some effects work in it that looked a little shoddy back in the day. So I wouldn't be surprised if they upped the effects. Now, it on. does say here that it has the original director's audio commentary, which would lead me to believe that they have not actually changed the edit of the movie. And it is yeah. some VFX tinkering. But there's also some featurettes called Practical Blood Effects on an Indie Budget, which makes me think that like they're not going to like George yeah. Lucas it either. I'm interested because the first so wait, release is it was not just... about, oh, because it's a witch. That's right. Yellow Brick Road. I'm like, is it about leprechauns? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so it's not really clear exact from what I remember what the deal is. It, it ends very ambiguously, <laughs> but it's just like creepy stuff starts happening to them as they get farther down the road and then they kind of get lost. Blair Witch Project style, like where they can't find their way back to civilization. I just thought it had a creepy mood to it, and it's cool that it's uh, back You know what? Out. I want to check it I out. Know. I enjoyed the filmmakers' I want to film. revisit it. So next up, we have Crimes of the Future, the David Cronenberg fan film directed by, what's this, <laughs> David Cronenberg? <laughs> Were you a big fan of this one? <laughs> I did like this one, and I, I totally get the complaints that it is kind of like Greatest Hits collection. Yes, it is. It's and very it's a much film a... about an artist that yeah. is forced to do his greatest exactly. hits. <laughs> so I feel like there's a bit more of a self-awareness about it, yeah, and I, I liked there was a bit more of like a serenity to it but I don't think it reaches that... the moment of Zen that it thinks it does at the end. Maybe not. You're right. I, I don't think it's one of his best works. They need I to don't... get Paul Schrader into like shoot, yeah, exactly, like, you know, right? through the. <laughs> Wait, did we talk about that when we talked about the newest Paul Schrader movie? The fact that it ends with the pickpocket ending again. Yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> it's like, which, holy shit. Which I love. You know, frankly, he could end every movie yeah. he makes for the rest of his life with the pickpocket ending, somebody, and I'd be so was, happy. with How that. does he keep getting away with I this? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I feel like you know. Davy Cronenberg could be Davey doing this. Davy Cronenberg. You know, we're pals. He yeah. lives in Toronto, right? What, but, you know, what is this company that releases Sphere Films and Serendipity? Canadian. Canadian mm. companies. So actually, Sphere Films used to be MK2 Mile End. I don't know if you know that name. Nope. Yeah, they just changed their name. But they're just a big Canadian distributor. Yeah, in the States, I think Neon put this out. I just, I'm a sucker for crony. And this kind of scratched that itch for me. You know who I really liked in this? Scott Speedman, actually. Yeah, Scott Speedman It was nice to this. see him back, and he was good in this. But yeah, I dug it. I, it's not the best Cronenberger. 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 Not the best Cronenberger, but far from the worst Cronenberger. You know, I will say I was the most enticed in the first 30 minutes yeah, when I'm like, too. what is going on? And then when the explanations came, it's like, eh, it's not that interesting. Yeah, I feel like once you know more, it mm -hmm. gets a little less interesting. But yeah, I would say for the first 30 minutes, because I was going in with reservations because I'm like, ah, I feel like this could be disappointing. And actually, it wasn't for me. I don't think it would be disappointing. I was worried. Is it like be. late period Cronenberger? It's late, the, it's late style, was right? Was it map? <laughs> To the Star was the one before this? Maps to the Stars, yeah. yeah. Which I actually like. I mean, I like Cosmopolis. See, Cosmopolis I couldn't get into. But he's trying I something. I know, I know. It just didn't work You're for me. You're not getting into it is the whole point, man. Maybe, That's maybe. 
But I like Maps to the Stars. I know people hated that. Next up, we have Nitram. What's this? Justin so it's actually Terzel. Nitram, I Nitram. think. I thought it was Nitram for the longest time, but then I watched Nitro. it, and it's actually Nitram, because it's actually the name Martin backwards, because mm. this is the this is Justin Kurtzel's latest film, guy who made Macbeth, like with Michael Mass. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, you know. Two bad movies. He also made The Snowtown Murders, which is a very good Australian film. Someone so has told me once that they love Snowtown Murders and that they were really like insulted yeah. that I we were kind of razzing the director. Oh, yeah. And then he was like, but I haven't seen Assassin's Creed or Macbeth. And I was like, what? You can't, yeah, you well, can't try you to get angry at us if you haven't seen the other movies. And Snowtown Murders is his best film, oh, I would say. Okay. This is like that. This is kind of like a return to that, though. It also examines like an actual true crime, which was the horrific uh, Port Arthur massacre. I don't know if you know about nope. that. Happened in the 90s. It was like the biggest mass shooting in Australia at the time. It changed their gun laws and right. everything. Really scary stuff. And this is kind of, yeah, fictional. And the guy's name, the perpetrator, was Martin something. I can't remember his last name. So Martin Nitram. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of a fictionalized version of, you know, mm-hmm. leading up to it. And it does it well. Caleb Landry Jones, Jones plays the lead and he's not Australian, but he does an Australian accent pretty, pretty well. Yeah, he does it Put okay. Put another shrimp on the bottom. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's easy. You also got Judy it. Davis and Anthony, Anthony LaPaglia who are both great in this. Um, yeah, Caleb Landry Jones won Best Actor at Cannes for this last year and wow. it's pretty good. It's just, you know, disturbing. You know, if you're into mass shooting I'm true, not true into crime them. stuff. I know you love like them, Like I am. Yeah. Like I, you know, I had to check this out it's it is very like sensitively done though it's not like you see the mass shooting it's definitely one of those movies that like it's all about the lead up to it and then it ends so it's like the one we talked about a couple months ago about uh what's the name of the woman that's in the forest (laughs) and she has to talk on the phone oh the desperate hour yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well it's better than that was that philip noise yeah oh man i can't remember that this is not as funny as that (laughs) but (laughs) this is definitely better than that so yeah check this out speaking of things that are based on true crime events This is a a true story. We have Hot Seat starring Kevin Dillon and Mel Gibson. I need to pause here. And (laughs) my God, this cover art. It's great, right? Like, no one has ever looked. They they really, this really went through a bunch of different people who all checked off on this. Like, what is is going on? Like, not only are the faces of Mel Gibson and Kevin Dillon so low res, (laughs) put on different bodies, and it looks like they had to digitally, like, light them up. Like, I mean, my thing with this is, like, how terrifying does Mel Gibson look on this? Like, he's scared. Well, how terrified does Kevin Dillon look? Kevin Dillon looks terrified. Mel Gibson looks terrifying. And he's staring into my soul right now. <laughs> so, I mean, the plot of this movie is hilarious. Yes, uh, so, is. Kevin Dillon plays, like, an IT tech guy down on his luck. He's got family problems, money problems. He's at the job one day. He gets a call or it's, like, a loudspeaker thing saying, like, basically, you've got a bomb under your chair and you need to help me hack into all these people's things or whatever and the guy's like you vaguely done something in the past because kevin dillon used to be a hacker hey we didn't say it was this week's blind by hot seat so kevin dillon used to be a hacker or whatever so this is retribution yes. for his past i think he sins. scams people he scammed yeah he's, exactly uh, the person says uh that like his parents put money into something that kevin dillon did right so that's what it is and mel gibson shows up for a few scenes he's like the bomb guy yeah who, he's he's playing like wacky mel gibson you know i mean like, I mean, he's always wacky Mel Gibson now. The other interesting casting news is that in this is that Britney Spears' new husband, uh, Sam Asghari, who's like totally just like a Hollywood bottom figure guy, uh, is in this. This is his first acting role. A he, film starring Kevin Dillon featuring Hollywood bottom feeders? Didn't he learn his lesson being an entourage? <laughs> 
this totally feel like like a movie from Entourage, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah it does. This is a Johnny, Absolutely, it's a Johnny drama role it is right so here. So cheap, like every explosion. I mean, it starts very promising. <laughs> it does with like a bunch of weird stock footage. Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts to a CGI explosion of a car, and then Kevin Dillon jogging down the street, and the explosion seemingly happened like ten meters down. Oh yeah, from and, it, you and he tell... just kind of like gently looks over his shoulder. You can... Big plumes of smoke, and he goes, Meh, and he keeps running. Yeah, you can tell he's not looking in the same yeah. direction or anything like they're just like kevin just look there's gonna be an explosion behind there yeah. just look we should point there. out christmas content too this Text is a christmas movie christmas. this is actually a christmas movie which i had no idea who even directed this by oh the way. it's a real hack that directed oh uh, james cullen bressack who is a willis watch regular he made fortress i believe and some others so i gotta say for the first year for the first half hour I was kind of into this. Yeah. The voice or the, the villain voice is actually pretty funny. Like, he's pretty sassy. He just has some good lines that he says to Kevin Dillon, some good put downs, um, I which I really like. So. weirdly opens up too much, which it robs does. it of any humor because now everybody's involved in what Kevin, Kevin Dillon is That's doing. That's the problem. Too many people start walking in yes. to his office and then they're part of it now. And then it just gets bad. There's there. some really funny hacking sequences where oh, the screen yeah, just yeah. says like hacking in progress. <laughs> and you see like stock footage of like flying through a computer. <laughs> yeah, great hacking moments. It feels like for half of it, it was like. I would not recommend. Coming, don't, don't coming recommend close to like something that you might see in mm. theaters at one point. But then it's like. <laughs> Are you bananas? Maybe no way. They, they released this limited in theaters well in la in where the they're like US, contractually yeah, obligated exactly. to but it's like for a while it's like okay I, there's a germ of an idea here it's kind of like you know so this director is like a real hack he isn't is, he yeah. like i looked at his credit he has like a hundred credits oh yeah he's one of those i think he started in low budget horror stuff and mm. then made his way to like the vod action realm and yeah like i said he's done two or three bruce willis movies over the last couple years so he's we're, we're well acquainted acquainted with james cullen bressack at this point look at this insane list of executive producers well that's the thing all these movies it's because they have all that saudi money in them well i can't believe like look how many names i've never seen a block this big one I two know. three there four, are five, so six. many producers There's four lines of producers on this dude they're all like this though the willis watch movies yeah they're, they all have the same thing because they just get, money laundering operation it is well yeah. it is well when their whole story about randall and randall emmett is a producer on oh, this as okay. well okay yeah it definitely feels like a randall, when emmett, randall emmett the whole thing expose about him came in, it went into the money and basically yeah he's a he's laundering yeah. money <laughs> like crazy so i mean obviously you wouldn't blind buy this no i, guess. I would not blind buy it did you have fun watching this i had fun for the I first feel like minutes. i usually watch all these movies and you don't but you know this is the first well, time in a while it had a funny concept you... and kevin dillon you know i was hoping he'd bring it and i mean he's fine he's fine it's, it hurts to look at him he it's does like... his hair his hair is not looking very good he looks like he's got a weird toupee spray on yeah, situation there's a really funny shot at the end of the movie that I forgot to post on Twitter. Remember the time this comes out, I did of like Mel Gibson sitting in like the back of a cop car, <laughs> yeah. and he, he looked like he's naked. Yeah, and he yeah. just has like a blanket over his legs. <laughs> so I enjoyed yeah. that. Well, you know, the best review would probably be from my partner. We watched this together, and when it was over, she was like, "Hot seat, more like fart seat." <laughs> <laughs> It's good, right? Put it on it's the good. back of the yeah, box. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out on the box. All right. So now every time we mention it, we call it fart seat. So. <laughs> Does it come up in regular conversation <laughs> yeah, very often? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. It was funny. We were like... You're in the fart seat now, Mark. <laughs> when it was really hot here the last few days and we were like praying for rain, it kept saying rain. I was at the store and she kept texting me about rain. And at one point she was like, I'm sitting here looking like Mel Gibson on the cover of fart seat looking out for the rain. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, we've talked about it, you know, many times. But uh, yeah, so that's that's fart seat for you. So that's it for this week's episode of the Baseball Video Podcast. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, please, on Apple Podcasts. Please do. I don't think iTunes good, exists. Good anymore. reviews only. Yeah, no bad reviews. Please don't. I don't think the last time we I got can't handle a bad review. A review was whew, a long time yeah, ago. I so gets on there. And you know it's what? Okay. On those Blu-ray forums, I'm too scared to go to because there's so many mean people <laughs> oh, on there. I, I go there. I traffic do those you? forums. Yeah, sometimes. At like Blu-ray.com. Yeah, because I'm there for like research for mm. work purposes, and then I get sucked in sometimes. Ugh. I know. Do you it's have bad. a commentator? Are you like? Uh, no. M- MKH like I, Bay I Street. No, I don't wade into there. I, I just like am invisible, you know. But if you're a hardcore guy that is much tougher than me and Mark, you should get on there. Recommend us. If anybody is like, oh, what podcast should I listen Please to? Please do. Please do. You know, we're fun. Mm-hmm. We talk about all the fun stuff here. A lot of YouTube channels out there that do Blu-ray reviews. Yeah. Very few podcasts that talk about them and that watch a lot of these movies. Yes. Yeah, right? Who's going to talk about both? Well, no one's going to talk about know, Hot Seat. Heat and Hot Seat and, you know, Old Man Movie and <laughs> LA, LA Age Jabber all in the same episode. Us. That's who. You know? I love it. So, until next week, my name's Justin Clue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. Keep on renting. I was going to say Kevin Dillon movie. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. We've already done Kevin Dillon movies. Hey, Kevin Dillon's in another Bruce Willis movie coming up soon. Really? Yeah. Ugh. So instead of that, I don't know, just get make sure to get the old man movie. That's what the I'll old say. man movie, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, that's like up. a genuine recommendation from us.